welcome to Stories from the First Watch. This is both a solo game and an experiment in storytelling. The story and the character's actions will unfold upon the roll of the dice. Once the game starts, nothing is predetermined. The dice are in control. Last time, the party took stock after their brutal encounter with the giant Draco. Na'vi narrowly escaped death, saved only by the group's second and final healing potion. The gnomes Tomta and Nisa found the beast's lair, in which there were four Draco eggs. Armanda destroyed them all, and the others found some treasure, no doubt left by the beast's previous victims. The party journeyed back to the Gnome Queen's palace, where she rewarded them with potent plants and daggers imbued with the magic of the gnomes. Thanking them, she named them friends of the gnomes, and the next morning, Tomta and Nissa led them to the borders of the Shadow Woods before saying their goodbyes. The party saw evidence of logging activity and shortly came to the village of Forland, where they were challenged by two of the local militia. Despite Elwyn's attempt to charm them, they were suspicious and took the party to the office of the village reeve. Meanwhile, we returned to the perspective of Druk's goblin warband, who were coming towards the end of their own journey to the village. They crest a ridge overlooking the shadow woods, and find themselves ominously close to Hollow Hill. What will happen next? Let's find out. Day 4, Evening Party status, Kilia, 4 of 4 hit points, Almanda, 6 of 8 hit points, Navi, 6 of 6 hit points, Mara, 4 of 4 hit points, Elwyn, 8 of 8 hit points. Spells available, Read Magic and Shield. Reeve Denward was a big squat man who brought to mind a dwarf that had been scaled up to human size. He was barrel-chested, with thick shoulder-length black hair and long drooping moustaches. He sat at a solid oak table, where he was carving a tool handle from a length of wood. He looked up sharply as the two young militiamen escorted the party into his office. Marcus, Baron, he gruffly acknowledged. Who might these fine people be? Why have you seen fit to bring them to me whilst they openly carry weapons? The two guards looked sheepish, bowing their heads. My greetings to you, Master Reeve, said Elwyn. Denmore did a double take as he recognised the old man for the first time. He then smiled broadly. Elwyn, of course! That explains it! Welcome back, you old rogue! He leapt up from his seat and enveloped Elwyn in a crushing bear hug. The party noticed that one of his legs was missing from the knee down, replaced by a wooden stump that ended in a carved approximation of a foot. <laughs> he let the man go and stepped back. Were you successful in your scouting mission? I was most concerned when I hadn't heard from you. 
Alas, I was not, Elwyn said. Or rather, I found signs of goblins, just as they then found me. They captured and beat me. And were it not for my fine friends here, I would have likely joined the fate of many of your villagers. He spent the next few minutes filling in the party's last couple of days, skipping over the encounter with the gnomes. The reeve looked grim. That is bad news indeed. The foul creatures feel emboldened to attack with impunity. We have faced two more raiding parties since you left. A mixture of goblins and men. Another five of us have been taken. That makes sixteen so far. We can ill afford to lose any more. Kilia stepped forward. We can help. After we rescued Master Elwyn, we found this. She placed a map on the Reeves' table and unfolded it. Denmore looked down, and a smile slowly broke on his face as he realised the significance. This is excellent news, child. With this, we can enter their little rat run and hunt them down like the vermin they are. He was silent for a moment, and then looked up at the party seriously. As you may have noticed, he said in a low voice so that the two girls could not hear. Our militia is not what it could be. We are a military village, but the best soldiers are all old men now, and the younger ones have not seen war. Even with this new element of surprise, we could lose a lot of people. You have all proven to be fine fighters. From what Elwin has told me, would you join us in a counter-attack and help flush out the bandit's nest once and for all? I knew it was too good to be true, growled Elmander. I knew we'd have to do more than deliver the herb man back to his little hidey hole. Go on then, what's it worth to us? We're not a rich community, began Denwald. However, he arrowed hurriedly as Elmander turned to leave. I can offer you as a party 100 gold, plus an even share of whatever looted treasure you can find in the bandit's lair. Also, you'll never want for hospitality in our village. The party looked at each other. It's a good offer, said Kilia. Narvi and Mari looked unhappy. I have no need of human gold. I must get back to Shazenvar as soon as I can, grumbled Narvi. However, the fact we may find a former stronghold of my people intrigues me. It may harbour useful information. On this basis alone, I agree to go. Mara sighed resignedly. <sighs> I imagine I am no longer a student of magic, she said. I have been gone so long now, they must assume I've run away, which is not far from the truth. I have nowhere else to go, so I would like to stay with you all. It's enough to get me a few more days away from Forlond, said Almanda. That's all I care about for now. He turned back to the Reeve. Well then, we accept your offer. But first, we will need beds for the night and a good meal. I'm not tackling a whole gang of robbers after two nights in that bloody forest. Of course! Of course, said Denmold, smiling. Night Raiders will likely sleep during the day, and we will catch them unawares. You will find rooms at our inn, the Wink and Chicken. Excuse the name, some old soldiers joke I imagine. He handed the map back to Kilia, 
By the old god, I'd love to come and fight them with you. But this damn thing... He pointed at his wooden leg. Bangs like a soldier at a whorehouse door. I'd give you away within seconds. But I will lend you some of my least incompetent men. <laughs> he chuckled and limped back to his seat. Thank you, friends. Hunt these bastards down. I suggest you get a good night's sleep. He instructed the two militiamen to take the party to the inn and returned to his whittling. Behind the scenes, when the party arrived at Reeve Denwald's office, I looked at the mythic GM emulator to see how he would react to them. I felt he would be influenced by the hostile attitude of the militiamen who would have been instructed to treat all outsiders as a potential threat. Yet this would have perhaps been cancelled out by the presence of Elwyn, who is known in the village as a herbalist and a man who has contacts, although whether or not the Reaver is aware of the old man's allegiances to the Greyfellows is not yet known. Taking these factors into account, I rolled on a 50-50 chance that the Reeve would be unfriendly to the party. On a roll of 85, Elwyn's influence won out, and Denwald treated them as potential saviours. The party now has some downtime before their next mission begins. They've been in the wilderness for four days, so they will need to replenish their supplies. A trip to Hollow Hills Village store is required. Including the amethyst gem they found in the Draco's nest, the party have a total of 115 gold pieces between them. This will be more than sufficient to buy new supplies and upgrade equipment. Visiting the village store, the four core party members each buy a week's worth of dry rations, having depleted their food supplies on the previous journey. Almanda also buys a length of rope. Then, at the village blacksmith, he trades in his regulation military short sword for a wicked looking longsword, whilst Kilia purchases 40 arrows to replace those embedded in various foes in the past few days. After these purchases, plus the price of free rooms at the Winking Chicken, the party is down to 57 gold pieces, which they will perhaps replenish in the coming days. Let's rejoin them as they make their way to the inn. Day 4. Night. Elwyn opened the door to the Winking Chicken, and the party was immediately assaulted by the sounds, sights and smells of the inn. After the past few days, it felt like the height of luxury. The interior was half full, with around seven or eight other patrons seated in small groups, chatting in low voices. At one end was a small stage, where a lone bard played a simple, melancholy tune on a guitar, to no one in particular. On the surface, the atmosphere was jovial, but as soon as the party entered, a hush descended, and the eyes of the patrons turned sharply towards them. They relaxed slightly at the familiar sight of Elwyn, and gradually returned to their chatter. Nice welcome, muttered Elmanda sarcastically. He and Kilia went to the bar with Elwyn, whilst Narvi and Mara took seats at a low table. The stocky barkeep flashed them a rictus smile, and asked for their orders with forced jollity. As he bustled off to the beer kegs, wiping his hands on his apron, the bard, seeing nobody was paying attention to her, gave up and came to stand with the three of them. Well, well, she said, flashing Elmander a flirtatious smile and tucking her red hair behind her ear. It's been a while since we had visitors to our little village. At least, visitors who aren't trying to drag us kicking and screaming from our beds. Elmander grinned. 
I'm definitely not here to drag you from your bed, he said. Quite the opposite, I imagine. Elwyn reddened and pretended not to hear, whilst Killia mind throwing up. The bard rolled her eyes but kept smiling. So you fine people are here to protect us, are you? Don't look so surprised. Word gets around quickly here. Two teenage girls, a holy dwarf, and whatever you are. I'm whatever you want me to be, my darling, said Elmanda. And who may you be? Giona, the bard replied. I entertain the wonderful patrons of this fine establishment for my sins when I'm not tending to my sheep. Well, Giona, Elmanda smiled. You are possibly the least boring person I have met in this place. No offence, he laughed at the barkeep, who smiled wanly back. How about a tankard of ale and a game of dice? Uh, you'd need to tell me you are first. I don't accept drinks from nameless men, she replied archly. Quite right, Elmenda replied. My name is Morton. Kilia raised her eyebrows. But before she could say anything, Elmanda's foot pressed down lightly on hers. Well then, Morton, said Giona, get me a beer and I'll win the rest of your purse off you. Behind the Scenes Whilst the rest of the party keep themselves to themselves, Elmanda, or Morton as he is currently calling himself, and Gianna sit down at a table to play a dice game known as Feathers. This is a game I have homebrewed, but it is very closely based on a real Roman dice game known as Tali, which I will talk about more on the Stories from the First Watch blog, along with the rules for my version. In Feathers, each player rolls four four-sided dice. Scoring is as follows. The score that always wins is four dice that read four, three, two and one. This is known as the Eagle. Next highest is four dice, each showing a four. This is the Falcon, and can only be beaten by an Eagle. Next is four dice with at least one four showing, for example, four, two, one, one. These are known as buzzards. If more than one player gets a buzzard, the totals are compared, and the highest one wins. Four dice, all showing threes or twos, are known as crows. These generally lose unless another player rolls four ones, or four differing numbers with no fours whatsoever. Four dice all showing ones is known as a chicken. These always lose unless another player rolls four differing numbers with no fours whatsoever. Rolling four different scored dice without fours, for example three, two, two, one, always lose. This is known as a pigeon. If both players roll an equal score, then no money is taken that turn. Play continues until one player loses all their pool or gives up. Almanda and Gianna are playing a low stakes game. Each is only risking a pool of three gold pieces. Round one. Almanda rolls a buzzard of eight, while Gianna rolls one of nine. Gianna wins a gold piece off Almanda. Round two. Elmanda rolls a buzzard of 12, as does Gianna, a draw. Round 3. Elmanda gets a buzzard of 13, Gianna 1 of 8. Elmanda wins his gold piece back. Round 4. 
Almanda rolls a meagre pigeon. Jana rolls a buzzard and wins automatically. She now has two gold pieces. Round five. Elmanda gets a buzzard of 13, Gianna one of 12. Elmanda gets a coin back. Round six. Elmanda rolls another pigeon, it's not his day. Gianna wins the coin again. Round seven. Yet another pigeon for Elmanda. And to rub it in, Gianna rolls a four, a three, a two, and a one. The first eagle of the game. Elmanda has one gold piece left. Round 8. This time both Elmanda and Jonna roll pigeons, so nothing changes. Round 9. Unbelievably, Elmanda rolls a fourth pigeon in a row. Jonna gets a buzzard and takes the whole pool. The game is over. Elmanda cursed good-naturedly as Jonna took the last of his gold. She smiled. Well... Seems there's more than one way I can take your money. Just then, the distant peal of the temple bell rang out suddenly as the sky darkened outside. The barkeep stood in the stall. Curfew in twenty minutes, he bellowed. Everyone home. Buy your doors and keep your weapons sharp. The mood inside darkened again and the patrons gloomily began to file out of the inn. Gianna gave Elmandra a wink. Maybe next time we see each other, you'll have killed all those villainous bandits and we can play a bit longer, she said. In the meantime, I'll compose a song for you. Could be a piano or a funeral dirge. Who knows? Elmanda smirked back and gave her an ironic salute as she left, looking back over her shoulder. It feels good to have some fun at last, no? smiled Elwyn. But I think we should retire for the night. Who knows what horror tomorrow will bring. Bye, Gojan, chuckled Navi. You are a serious fellow, and that's coming from a dwarf. Yes, that's well and truly pissed at my bonfire, muttered Elmanda. Mara giggled, unused to the effects of alcohol. We might even have some horrors tonight, she laughed, as they all ascended the stairs to the sleeping quarters. Behind the scenes. Well, is Mara right? Will there indeed be horrors tonight? The actions of the villagers suggest they are worried. Let's see what the GM emulator decides. I'm going to say, given the circumstances, it is likely there'll be a bandit attack on the village in the night. Rolling a D100, a 75 or less will indicate a yes. 29. Unfortunately, yes there will be. The bandits have somehow evaded the defences of the village, and have begun another raid. Will one of the party members hear what's going on and raise the alarm? 50-50 on the emulator. 31. Yes, they will. Who is it? On a d4. 1. Kilia. 2. Almanda. 3. Navi. 4. Mara. Okay then. Day 5, early morning. Mara tossed and turned on the straw mattress. She had slept fitfully for a few hours, but the light of the moon had penetrated the thin curtains and woken her. On the other side of the room, Kilia snored gently, seemingly having no trouble sleeping. Mara resolved to use the time wisely, and started reciting her book learning in her mind. 
she had a good memory and she felt so close to achieving a breakthrough with her studies. She stopped. Was that a distant sound of footsteps? The footsteps of someone trying to be very quiet. She looked out the window, heart pounding. Nothing. Or were there dark shapes in the shadows at the other side of the square? No, just her imagination. She turned away from the window, and then suddenly a woman screamed in the distance. Julia! Mara hissed. I think it's bandits. We need to get the others. Kilia woke almost instantly from a deep sleep. She was already fully dressed, and the two of them rushed out of the hallway to awake the other party members. Three minutes later, the five unbolted the inn's back door and slipped into the alleyway that led into the village's central square. They heard the screaming again, louder now. They saw a group of men, seven in number, illuminated in the braziers mounted on the side of the inn. They wore leather armour and dark cloaks, and looked vicious and rat-like. Now they weren't even trying to be silent. One was evidently their leader. He stood over two more as they manhandled two screaming women and a small boy. No, don't hurt us, I beg you. One of them sobbed. Don't take my boy. He's too young, he won't be of use to you, please. Quiet, before I cut out your tongues. The man barked in a vicious, rasping voice. You're worth just as much to us if you're dumb. He slapped the woman's face and she broke into a sob. <laughs> this was too much for Narvi. He strode out the alleyway. Put down your weapons and step back from the women folk, he bellowed. The bandits drew back in surprise and instead unsheathed their weapons. Almanda swore and drew his longsword. So much for surprise, idiot dwarf. Come on. The rest of them burst into view, around ten yards from the bandits. The captain laughed mockingly and gave them a feral grin that showed off the cross pattern of scars on his face. Well, you're not the usual dolts they send us to slaughter. Has Denwald finally given up and paid for a bunch of mercenaries? If I were you, I'd run away now. It won't do you any good, but you'll live a few seconds longer and you won't see us kill you. Thank you for listening to stories from the first watch. This episode has a number of very talented voice actors. Playing Gianna the Bard is Katrina Rumsby, making her first appearance on the show. Returning is Carius Mariam, who plays the captured woman. The captain of the bandits is voiced by Jonathan from the Sojourners Awake podcast. Sojourners Awake is a brilliant improvisational storytelling audio drama based around playing tabletop role-playing games. You can listen to it via all good audio platforms. And last, but definitely not least, Reeve Denwald is voiced by Simon J. Williams from the awesome Legend of the Bones podcast, which I highly recommend that you check out. It's the show that First Watch aspires to be, and is one of the main reasons I'm making this podcast. Thank you, Simon. 
party are about to have their first encounter with the bandits of Karamun. Who will come out on top? Find out next time on Stories from the First Watch. Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and together we produce audio dramas while playing our favorite 5th edition role-playing game. Our stories of epic fantasy are told in the homebrewed world of Bonsaro. Heroes like Felthrin Grovelore, The Bookends, and Traina the Dryad all come to life in this podcast. We focus on actual play storytelling while trimming all of the table talk and rules discussion in post. Instead, we focus on forming a compelling narrative together as players, with the end result being a wonderful audio drama which you can enjoy. So visit Sojourners Awake today, and as always, may your story continue.